Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Welcome to the Money Men, January 18, 2023 edition. I'm Steve May and I'm here with Luke Styles. Hi, Luke. How you going, Steve? Good, thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. First one of the New Year. Who can believe it's 2023? And Happy New Year to all listeners. And I'm sure you're probably getting bored of hearing that from people. (laughs) Hope everyone had a great break. It uh, seems so long ago now, though, doesn't it? It does. It Mm. does. Certainly does. So, um, anyway, we're going to hook straight back in. Yep. Markets, what's been happening over the last sort of month since we last recorded? Yeah, so, I mean, as you, everyone knows, we usually do a fortnight, but mm-hmm. um, we'll do you know, roughly the period yeah. of time between when we last recorded. So, Aussie market, I think you said, was up 3.74% yep. um, earlier, Steve, which is, you know, quite healthy. Um, Dow, uh, sorry, the S&P 500 was up about 3.6%, and mm-hmm. I think you had some data for the Dow Jones as well. Yeah, right. it was up about 2.65 yeah. Okay, so, so, no. so everything up around sort of that 3 three percent mark um, for, for that monthly period. Fairly healthy period. Um, not much seems to happen over the, the Christmas break in markets, does it really? Yeah. Generally. Um, what about property? So uh, residential or investment property. Um, what do you What do you think's happening there? There's, we don't have any data on it for the for the podcast today. But, no, we um, don't, and we don't have a real estate yeah. agent in we either to talk to to talk about it. But you know, it seems you know it's very um, dependent on the market, isn't it? Yeah, um, which particular area? Yeah, which yeah. particular area, right? Um, you so know. the capital cities, um, if you're listening to the press and, and reading the reports, are, you know, seem to be down um, anywhere up to 8 to 10%. Seem to be down. I thought <laughs> but, but the, the do, reports were saying they're crashing. Yeah, but <laughs> it depends where, which pocket of, of the capital city market that, you, you know, that you're looking in yeah. and, and whatever. So they all perform yeah. differently. But generally speaking, it seems that there's been a slowing in the capital yeah, cities, but, um, which, which is probably trended across to regional and country areas as well. Yeah. But anecdotally, like, you know, we're still seeing, and I'm still seeing, I'm seeing places still go for, you know, reasonably high prices, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, I'm definitely, I'm personally not seeing... um, this yeah. this oh. crash that's been... No, I, I think crash is a sensationalised uh, term. <laughs> you know, what, what I think I'm seeing, um, you know, just looking at the... You know, and we're, talk, we're talking from our studio here in Warners Bay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is in the Newcastle region. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm probably saying there's a bit of a softening, probably not as, as much competition, but mm-hmm. I am seeing, um, you know, properties that were probably selling for $900,000 before... Um, yeah, before Christmas or mm-hmm. six months ago, yeah. um, are probably still attracting near that. Um, yeah. So you know, and and that's that's probably because that segment of the market, you know, they're, even though interest rates have gone up, people are still able to borrow the money. Yeah, there's still the capacity at that capacity level. Yeah, maybe different at that. You know, two to three. You know, one point five to two yeah. to three million dollar market. Yeah, know, but um, anyway, um, we'll probably get an expert on sometime soon to um, give us an update. Yeah, and no doubt we'll we'll see more as it sort of unravels. Yep. What are we going to talk about today? We um, are introducing a bit of a new segment. Um, just around what do you call it the win of the fortnight fortnightly win fortnightly win yeah um, 
And that's just to bring through a bit of a flavour of what we're seeing in our other jobs, yep. uh, our financial so planning roles. Our daily um, jobs as financial planners. Job, yeah, just some of the things that we're seeing that um, clients have been able to achieve a win. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. So whether it be a strategy or a product or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll elaborate a little more, a yeah, little more when you take us through our first fortnightly win. Mm-hmm. Um, and need not be singular, it may be plural as well, I guess, as time goes on, it might be wins. Yep. Um, then we're going to have a bit of a talk about uh, New Year financial checklist. What did you call that uh, uh, when I was talking to you know, about this? Uh, 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 our financial hygiene. Yeah. And revisiting our financial Sounds hygiene. It's very sterile. It does, doesn't it? Financial hygiene. <laughs> checklist. <laughs> Let's call it a New yeah, Year yeah. financial checklist. checklist. Um, a bit of a, a, a few minutes about how to manage financially high inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to have a talk about, you know, property prices, um, you know, been a recession or poor economic times. Yeah, and, you know, and what, more mm. a study of history mm. um, as opposed to making us making any predictions yeah, um, yeah. and just observing what's actually occurred over the years mm. um, yep. so people are, uh, are tooled up a bit more effectively. So are we going to roll in the fortnightly win? That's what yeah. I'm calling it. Fortnightly, fortnightly win segment. And I'm not going to spend too drum, much time on it. Drum, um, drum roll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. New segment? So, okay, tell, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, new client engagement and, and, and bearing in mind, you know, we'll make sure that, um, you know, we're not giving any clues away as to who this person is, if they might be listening. So if you think it's about you, mm-hmm. um, it, it won't be because it'll be, uh, you know, appropriately masked that you, yeah. you won't know, yeah. just letting everyone out there know. But, you know, a new, a new client win. Um, and, and sorry, can I just butt in for a second? Yeah, yeah. This is in no way a plug for our financial yeah, we planning didn't, business. Yeah, yeah, we, this is that is not what this podcast is about. No. Um, but it's a good way for us to sort of demonstrate, um, you know, some potential strategies and things that um, you know apply to everyday yeah. people. And and I think you know the important thing is for people to understand some social proof around things. So mm. you know, if it, you know, it's easy for us to talk about topics, but sometimes it's nice to you know uh, put it in a real real world scenario. It gives mm. it a bit of meat on the bones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, really quick one, just via some basic, you know, super rollover advice, um, some strategic superannuation contributions, the combined first year savings for this particular client amounts to a bit over $11,000, mm-hmm. um, you know, in tangible added value. Yeah. Um, now, we often talk about, you know, sometimes financial advice being intangible, which mm-hmm. it can be, mm-hmm. um, so it might give you some sense of security, but it's really quite nice to be able to say, hey, guys, um, here's the actual value of engaging in these certain strategies that we've put on the table in the first year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not even counting, um, you know, subsequent years, yeah. which is going to yeah. compound, Absolutely. you know, the, these, these benefits. So, you know... So if you achieve savings, Mm. if these people have achieved savings, then Mm -hmm. they've increased their wealth. It's exactly yeah, right. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? you know? yeah. So, so that that eleven grand can be reallocated to increasing wealth mm. and, and multiplying it again. Can you elaborate a tiny bit on what the strategies? Yeah, involve? yeah, sure. Yeah. So, you know, simplistically, um, you know, just by just by transferring uh, superannuation funds. Um, so I won't talk about specific products, but using low cost index solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been able to pick up a an actual fee saving in the underlying management fees of mm-hmm. those of, of those products. So yep. that that's a nice that's a nice win. And you know, for those that know us, they know that we have an index tilt. Yep. Um, and so that that's you know that's where some of those savings are coming from. You know, 
and combined with that to get that 11 grand of you know first year um, benefit mm-hmm. we've been able to make some contributions into super claim tax deduction for them and then also maximize salary sacrifice so mm-hmm. you know that that's um that's going to be pretty powerful mm-hmm. um as demonstrated by the numbers mm, so yeah winner the fortnight great um, following from that a little um so some you know Wins and it's probably part of your strategy, yeah, yeah. strategy but um, that um, being able to catch up on unused oh, tax yeah, deductible yeah. contributions yeah, yeah. Sorry, from the past so, yeah. is, um, is very powerful. Yeah, so we've, talk, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the ability to use unused concessional contributions. So mm-hmm. previous years where you haven't salary sacrificed or made tax deductible contributions, the ATO have um, you know allowed you to catch them up yep. over a period of five years. Yep. And so we can bring forward a lump sum contribution and claim a tax deduction for mm-hmm. that and, and get a, you know, as it's translated into mm-hmm. a great uplift. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, bearing in mind that the bulk of that $11,000 um, first year benefit is derived uh, a lot by those bring forward mm-hmm. uh, tax yeah. deductible contributions. Um, but yeah, but nonetheless, I, it's still, I, I still I a significant benefit. I would imagine that uh, specific client that you're talking about wouldn't have even been aware that that was a strategy they no, could employ. They, they, yeah. well, they, they will be aware when they get a um, significantly higher tax return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it'll. Yeah, of course, I'll I'll articulate, articulate the benefit to them, um, but you know it's a bit a bit of a waiting game um, uh, initially. Hey, and the other thing is as well, like you know, the, the fact of the matter is there was money that was sitting in cash, not doing anything. It's now going into the market and being invested um, with the expectation that over the long period of time it will compound and earn a rate of return greater than cash. Um, and so you know we've got that added benefit as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Good win. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll try to look at all different um, you know client segments, uh, older people, young people, yeah, you know, and just middle people. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not trying to plug. We're just mm-hmm. trying to um, you know bring in some relatable scenarios that we've been able to achieve for our clients in our day jobs. There you go. First win fortnightly win segment. Twenty twenty three. Beautiful. Right, <laughs> Thanks for the twenty. Four more, probably. Yeah, yeah. if we, yeah, if we, we, yeah. we, 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 we just, no yeah. one's counting. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. Easy. New Year financial checklist. Yeah. Okay, so people do tend, I think, to start to, you know, a few weeks, a month or so after Christmas and, and all that settled down, tend to start to then think about their finances a little. Yep. Um, either what a mess they're in and how they need to fix them or, or just, Christmas, just, yeah, Christmas yeah. is, you know, expensive. It can be expensive. Um, but, you know, more so, you know, just part of that whole New Year resolution type thing, you yep. know, life, finances, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we, we just might have a little, little bit of a look at just some of the things that you could pay a little bit of attention to um, to get yourself set for 2023. Yep. Um, okay, an obvious one, I guess, is um, you know home loan re- review. Um, you know, if you're, if you're still making home loan repayments, um, you know, have a look at, at your progress there. You know, can you increase the frequency of your payments? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can, in, in essence, can you pay more on your, yep. on your loan? Um, with interest rates on on the rise, can you look at um, you know maybe refinancing? Um, is there an opportunity to fix? You know, depending on where, you know, where things land. Yeah. 
Um, but I guess generally, good time to consider just having a review. Yeah, having um, having a check, yeah, making yeah. sure that you know if you if you are in that um, variable space, um, vari- mm. variable home loan space, you know, making sure that your interest rate is at, at or, or around market. Um, yeah, and it is easy. You know, I see some people um, that are sitting with, you know, probably the major banks, um, and they're sitting at rates that are probably a percent or more. Yep. Just because they haven't checked for a while. Yep. Percent or more above what they can get out in the market. Yeah, that's um, it. You know, so if you, if a, if someone has a Six hundred thousand dollar mortgage, and they can save one percent somewhere, mm. yeah, you know, by refinancing. What's that? It's a six thousand dollar saving, isn't it? In yeah. interest. It's it's probably worth the few hours you're going to have to spend, and it's a pain to refinance. Yeah, yeah. You know, is, don't get me wrong; I understand it's a pain, but three, four, five hours to save six thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good hourly rate. Yeah, yeah. And mm. and and if you didn't want to do that. Mm. Um, you know, you could always approach the lender to sharpen the rate. Now, you know, they do become a bit more difficult at that point. Mm. Um, you know, you may not find, you, you may find that you can get a better rate if you do refinance, but, you know, you can put the pressure on them and it doesn't hurt. And if they don't come to the party, then, you know, you can explore your other options. Like, well, pretty much all lenders have retention teams. So they, they want to keep their, their yeah, home yeah, they, so they don't want to lose them. No, um, they, do, so, they do, but yeah, they also, yeah. they also you know, there's definitely a loyalty tax that mm. goes on in the home loan market mm. yeah. where, you know, new, new entrants to the market, to, to the product are going to get a better rate. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and a cash bonus. And yeah, cash bonus so you know if you do have a bit of time and as you pointed out six hundred thousand dollar loan one percent savings going to be six grand so you've got to spend a couple of hours um argy bargies with them to negotiate your current rate down um it's probably money well spent or if you've got a um time well spent sorry um time is money um now if you had to refinance and spend a couple of hours doing that then yeah again Time well spent. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I always think that a good mortgage broker is um, is a good choice. Um, is you know, get them, you know, engage them, and talk to them, and say, hey, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what can you what do can for you me? Do? Yeah. And listen, I know a lot of mortgage brokers will actually, you know, if they feel that they can get a better rate for you through your current lender, they'll make the phone call in many cases and say, hey, Joe Bloggs is here. You got them sitting on six percent. Yeah. They should be getting four point eight. What are you going to do about yep. it? And quite often get that result. Broker doesn't get paid for that, mm. but they do it in good faith. Yeah, they've done yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, bear that in mind. Other debts, uh, mm-hmm. just just review the amount of um, you know personal loan credit card debt that you have, mm-hmm. um, and you know perhaps try to rein that in. It can get out of hand a little bit over Christmas, mm-hmm. um, you know, and put in place a strategy maybe to look at accelerating you know repayment of that, especially you know credit card and high interest debt yeah. because that's. A bit of a drain on anyone's finances. Yeah, it can be stressful carrying that debt. So you know, um, for for people who may be in that position, just understand. You know, maybe it's a general rule of thumb if you know things like those credit cards and and those other other uh, mm. other you know consumption item debts are exceeding maybe around ten percent of your household income. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe look at you know is there an option to bring it together, consolidate it all. So so here's one strategy that. Yeah. I've suggested to people in the past is they get, you know, get into a, you know, up to a point where the credit card debt's probably a little, probably get a little bit high, a little bit mm-hmm. uncomfortable, but they're paying an extra thousand dollars a month off their mortgage. Yeah. So yeah. redirect it. You know, stop Seems, paying the extra yeah, thousand yeah. for a little while. Yeah. 
and pump that into the credit card yeah, yeah. until it's back under control. Yeah, and hey, why, why would you do that if you've got interest-bearing debt at 5%, mm. i.e. your home loan, yeah. um, versus interest-bearing debt at 18%, i.e. your credit card, yeah. uh, which one would you be paying first? Yeah, so, so just just having, and sometimes it's just being nudged in the right direction to sort of redirect that cash flow and just make some smart decisions. Mm. So, you know, don't feel like you're in the in the dark, you know, get get some guidance, get some advice um, if, you, if you feel like you could benefit from it in that space. Yeah. Uh, your savings, just have a bit of a check about how much money you did save last year. Um, check <laughs> if you there. saved any. If you saved any. Um, are you spending first and saving what's left, or are you able to do what we suggest, which is um, save, save first spend and later. spend later? Yep. Um, yeah, so, you know, just re- revisit that. Um, insurance, um, there's an opportunity while you're thinking about it and we're willing to spend the time to look at all of your insurance mm-hmm. products, so not, not just you know, personal personal insurance but you know your car and house and all that sort mm-hmm, of stuff mm-hmm. have a look at that what are you paying have you um you know audited that you know recently yeah um can you get better deals um and then making sure that you know obviously your life insurance and income insurance and those sorts of things are a in place and you've considered them and b haven't gotten out of control cost wise yeah yep um superannuation you know while you're at it you know, looking at the 2023 or the you know, New Year financial checklist, yep. look at your superannuation. Where is it? Um, how much do you have? Yep. Um, What's it, it invested in? How's it invested? Are there beneficiaries in place? Does it yeah. have insurance? Are the fees are reasonable. Yeah. Um, and how you're tracking there. So, you yep. know, one of those things, superannuation is always there. And your estate planning or your will, okay? So I would probably estimate that far less than half of Australians would have their will and estate planning yeah, in would. place properly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I would suggest that many of the people I work with take a few years to actually be able to be cajoled into doing it properly. So while you're thinking about your New Year financial stuff, mm. wills, estate planning, making sure that the people that um, you most want to be, you know, protected in the event of your financially yeah. in the event of your death, yeah. or you in the event of. Um, yeah. So people don't like to think about their demise. So you know, if you know, you need to be thinking. You need to be thinking about what if what happens if you don't make it through twenty twenty three, and what solutions do you have in place to make it easy for the people who are going to manage, mm-hmm. um, you know, that after you're not there. Yeah. Now, well, we'll it, yeah, 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 you sorry, go, even if you are there, so well, there's also enduring powers of attorney. So if you if you do make it through two thousand twenty three, <laughs> but you have an accident or an illness and you're not able to act on your own behalf financially yeah, yeah. then someone else needs to be able well, to um, you know and and that's people just think oh yeah will yeah if I'm I'm dead that, yeah. that'll deal with that well in most instances it doesn't actually work out that way there's mm. some loss of capacity and then people pass and mm. and well, you know in a lot of instances not most instances I don't know that for fact but mm. um, you know making sure that someone can operate on your behalf make medical and financial decisions through that power of attorney mm-hmm. capability is so important Absolutely. It's an often, well, the will's often overlooked, but then people might do the online will, but that doesn't take into account the power of attorney attorney or or medical directives. Yeah, or a suitable power of attorney Mm -hmm. that, you know, actually is enduring, Mm -hmm. um, to your point. So it doesn't just cease when, you know, certain events occur, Mm -hmm. it is actually in play. 
Um, a lot of thought needs to be given to it all. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that, and you're obviously thinking about morbid things, so it's easy to easier to put it on the back burner. But Absolutely. maybe don't do that this year. That's it. There's a resolution. So anyway, there's a checklist for you. All right, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. How to deal with rising inflation is the topic of this next few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we, we know that we're in the midst of rising inflation. Um, I don't exactly know what the numbers are, but... They're um, talking around annualised yeah. 7%. I think it's a little bit higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. they were talking about it ending the annualised period at around 10 but I don't think that's... Um, I think the figures are quarterly, and I think they yeah, obviously they're in arrears. So, you mm-hmm. know, who's the, who things who knows where things will land, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, it, there's inflation in all sorts of things, so different things are higher than, yeah. you know... We talk about 10% um, mm-hmm. as the general figure. Someone mm-hmm. might say, hey, no, I've actually... I'm paying 30% more for this particular input product or, or, yeah. or whatever it is. Remember that the inflation figure is a function of all of those, the average of them all. So, yeah. Yeah. so but what does it mean for you know, all of us average people? It just means the cost of things is going up. Yep. Okay, so um, so there's pressure on your on your income. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and what, how do you manage that? Um, you know, so if, if the cost of your groceries is up 10%, mm-hmm. um, and your wage is the same or similar to what it was, you know, when inflation was low. But what do you, what, what can you do about yeah, that? What, know, what solutions? What, what solutions are there? So, um, buy less. Buy less. Well, that's <laughs> what you know. That, that's what the interest rate triggers are trying to do at the yeah, moment. Yeah, is yeah. Just have, have people pay more on their mortgage and buy less less stuff. But you know, it's easy to say that. But um, yeah, you know, I, I just think that there's a few few points. Um, number one, you know. It's a fairly obvious one, but you know, shop around for the best deals on anything that you're buying. Yep. You know, so if you're going to buy your groceries, um, then take a bit of time to see whether there's a similar product on the shelf next to the yep. one you usually buy. Yep. And can you save yourself 10% there by buying yeah, something yeah. different? Yeah, you know? like, you know, yeah. is the black and gold going to do the, mm. the, the mm. job? Yeah, That's not a black and gold plug, by the way. No, no. Um, or is there a special on, you know, on something that um, is palatable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it's, I think, I think, um, I think that's, you know, perfect Mm. yeah and and it's crazy some of the savings that you can actually um Mm. you know track down if you spend a bit of time like for Mm. example i was looking at some stuff at jb high five that was you know i had a look online knew exactly Mm. what i wanted um and you know this is kind of a consumption item not so much Mm. shopping but you know talking about just doing a bit of shopping around the other item was you know 40 percent cheaper um, online mm. and and once I knew exactly yeah. what I needed, I knew what yeah. I was going to buy. Um, so you know, if you're in that position, just do, spend a bit more time. Mm. Um, see if you can track down a, a better deal. That's the beauty of the internet now. Mm. Um, you know, it basically can solve that. It can help solve part of the inflation problem, mm. can't it? Yeah, because absolutely. we can. Yeah. We can shop around. Yeah. So talking about shop around, we talked in the previous segment about, you know, um, getting the best deal on your home loan. Mm-hmm. So whether it's from your current lender or, or, go, or going elsewhere. Yep. Um, electricity providers, insurance, mm-hmm. as we spoke about. Um, you can save yourself hundreds or even thousands of dollars mm-hmm. um, a year if I, you shop them around. I liked some of the electricity provider tips that I won't go into, but I mm-hmm. definitely know there's a few in there that you don't do. <laughs> that I don't do. To, to save on electricity, I, I don't do. Are you do. talking about me not hanging my clothes out? <laughs> oh, I am talking about that. Yeah. I, did have, I did have a laugh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it is, you know, things are getting more expensive. The, mm. inter- interesting one, you know, I mean, may, maybe it's an opportunity to find an extra source of income 
Um, okay. So yeah. So before we move on to that, oh, um, yeah, yeah. another thing is you know just spend less on stuff. So. Yeah. You were talking about the JB Hi-Fi item. You know, one option is just don't buy it. <laughs> You're exactly you right. Know, you um, are exactly right. Um, but anyway. Um, Easier but, said yeah, than done, yeah. Steve. But then, you know, so savings is one thing, um, but then additional income is another mm-hmm. another thing. And, and Sorry. I yeah, so we've got a cost. Yeah, mm-hmm. so control costs mm-hmm. um, or control inflows, mm-hmm. so your income. And yeah. so in this instance, if you can boost your income, to solve some of these inflationary pressures, then that's you know that is a good option, and mm. we're not talking about massive amounts of income um, mm. because if we're talking about annual, average annualised inflation of ten percent, mm. and you know if the average income you know not the average income, but if mm. an income just to use round numbers is a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, if you need to go and find another ten thousand dollars to be in the same position, maybe mm. it is a solution to start. Mm. You know, selling a certain service on the side. Um, that's that sounds <laughs> wrong. I, I mean, you know, if you if using selling your actual professional capability, yeah. um, you know, well, contracting well, yourself, yeah, um, like ride sharing, ride sharing. There's people who you know, we like golf, don't we? There's people who buy and sell golf clubs all the time. It's exactly uh, and, right, and make money. But there's, there's lots of side hustles, you know, if you want to use that term. But then there's also that that one, you know. You should be going to your employer um, on a reasonably regular basis yeah, yeah. and you know negotiating your salary yeah, yeah, and wage if you can. You yeah, yeah. So there are certain industries and professions where you can't really do that because it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But if you know if you're a valuable employee, um, then you know you, you should be having those conversations. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that, so that so that you can keep yourself you know ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, Without sending your employer bloke. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So there's, there's always that tension. Yep. But, yep. Um, you know, a good employer will actually listen and be um, be, be willing to look after good people. Yeah, and I yeah, uh, I think I think that's great advice, Steve. Mm. Um, so, what are we meeting? Um, yeah, after, yeah, yeah, after, we'll, yeah. We'll just have a quick catch yeah, up. Yeah, um, after this. You're happy to double, <laughs> d- double, double things, mate? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Dub- a good employee. Double, double nothing. Yeah, I'm a good employee. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I guess another another thing is, um, you know, with, with rising inflation, continue to invest, I think. So where you can, if you're making savings and you're keeping yourself ahead of the game, yeah. and don't, don't stop investing mm-hmm. uh, because investing can actually get you ahead of the game longer term. Yep. You know, so getting, yeah. So, so that's going to allow you, yeah, yeah, so that's mm. going to allow it to counteract some of the inflationary forces that are occurring. Mm. Um, you know, and we know that good quality businesses, if inflation is high, they can increase their, uh, you know, their input costs have to increase, mm. reflective of inflation. Yep. They can pass that on to consumers. Yep. So it's a really good way, maybe not to necessarily get ahead of the inflation um ball but you know stay up to mm-hmm. speed with it and not actually end up behind it um so yeah great good good tip absolutely good tips there are a few good tips there aren't there um so you know high inflation we're just bombarded with that in the, in the news at the moment aren't yeah. we? in the media you know inflation 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 interest rates interest rates interest rates but yeah, there are ways to manage it um there have been periods of high inflation inflation many times in mm-hmm. the past um, people get through it. Yeah. Uh, Everything we've just talked about as well um, can be done at times where there's no inflation or low inflation. Exactly. So, so, you know, it just doesn't yeah, it so doesn't the, need to be dictated by your external environment. These no. are just good, um, you know, this is good financial hygiene. Hmm. 
you don't like the you don't like it. It's very sounds, it yeah. sounds sterile, but you yeah. know, this is good financial hygiene that you could just be using all the time, or yeah, should absolutely. be using yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so, just because we're in a period of high inflation, interest rates doesn't mean that you shouldn't be shopping around regularly for your um, for your goods. Yeah, in yeah, good times. You know, so there you go. We'll move on. All right. Now, very topical and has been for you know. It's forever, but mm-hmm. over the last sort of six, six, twelve months or so, this whole thing about property prices yes. and what's going to happen, yes. and um, yeah, we're going into recession. We should stop, you know, we shouldn't invest in anything because the world's going to end mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. I thought we might just spend a little bit of time talking about, um, you know, what's sort of been happening in the market and historically, what what has resulted in times like this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that, that a fair s- yeah. summary of what we're going to I, talk about I, I think that's fair and and i think there's a um so we've, we've we we have used an article um from finder um written by uh richard witten and mm-hmm. it's and it was written back in 2022 but mm-hmm. it's very relevant and mm-hmm. the, and the sort of the premise and title of the argument do Australian house prices drop in a recession, um, and will they ever crash? Yeah. So, so that's the title. That's the, yeah, that's t- the title of, of the article. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's refreshing to just you know look at what history has done. Yeah. Um, you know, re- reflect on history. Um, although it's not going to be a perfect predictor of what the future will hold, it will give us a good understanding of what's actually occurred in certain times. Because yeah. you know. Um, We've still got houses and, you know, the environment that we're in is reasonably similar to the environment we were in yesterday mm. or the day before. Um, now, I, I don't want to get too bogged down in, in a few of the stats, but I just wanted to, you know, open it up with, well, do they drop in a recession? Um, and, you know, the hist- some of the history would show, you know, it's varied. Mm, Some, yeah. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's been largely dictated, surprise, surprise, by the availability of credit. Mm-hmm. So how much people can borrow. Yeah. Now, in here, and I, it, it just stood out to me um, as, you know, to... Uh, heading in the article, a paragraph heading in the article, why did Australian property prices fall in 2017 and 18? And I thought, well, I want to have a good look at that because that's actually when I bought mm-hmm. um, my first house. I thought, oh, interesting. Why, why did they? Now, it was around the credit. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think back then and I go, well, lending actually wasn't... Um, and, and, you know, I just want to get into the lag times of, mm-hmm. of how long things can lag uh, yep. depending on what the environment is doing. Now, it was 2017-18. They're talking about, you know, I'm not sure if it was a decline in prices or a reasonably flat period in prices. It was thereabouts nationally or mm-hmm. in your domestic markets. But in 2015, people might remember, in 2014-15, APRA started coming down quite strictly mm-hmm. on investment lending. Yep. So increasing the thresholds and interest rates that would apply to investment debt because previous to that it was all pretty... Um, uh, it wasn't Wild West, but it wasn't far off. <laughs> far off from. It was very easy to get, it, get it was, money. It was easy to get money. Mm. It was easy to convert loans to interest only yep. um, for investors. So if you were struggling, struggling a little bit, or wanted to make the next purchase and you needed extra cash flow, it was quite easy to go to your lender and go, "Hey, I want to flick that on interest only. I want to then free up some cash flow." So that happened in 2014, 15, yeah. um, because I, I do remember it quite vividly. Now. The rates back then were sort of sitting at around, you know, five, five percent for investment, maybe four percent for um, non-investment. But it took that long 
to flow through to flow through to property, which mm. I find quite interesting. Um, you know, that's how long it took for the trends to come in. So, where are we today? Uh, because we've got the big R, we've got mm. the big you know yeah. R so, word happening, yeah. the recession. So, so uh, that was an example. Yeah, we weren't in recession, or, or yeah, the economy wasn't too bad, right? At that time, 2017. Oh, well, 2014 and, so, and 15, it wasn't that bad. 2017, yeah. 18, it wasn't so that, that bad. So that was a fall in prices due to um, policy, wasn't it? So, exactly right. Um, APRA, which is a sort of governing body, um, put out signals and put in place rules to make mm-hmm. it harder for people to yep. borrow money, yep. in, and, and that caused a drop. Yeah, so okay. compressed lending, yeah. um, and that and that you know translates into what people are willing to buy because they're limited by what they can spend. So there was a recession in the 1990s. Yes. What happened with property prices? Oh, I'm going to make a prediction and say they went up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to make a prediction. Well, well, it's not a prediction, is it? Because it's it not a prediction. In the 1990s. Um, but it was a period of what you'd you know, be described by the media as a severe economic downturn. And, and it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. So did, did house prices crash then? No. Well, they didn't. No. Um, and they continued to rise nationally through the period. But um, and, and let's give that some thought for a second. Mm-hmm. So, you know, although we went into recession, there was the counter move to start decreasing interest rates yeah. um, to help you know, reboot the economy. And this is something that central banks don't get. They'll admit they don't get it perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's impossible to get it perfect. You know, the timing of interest rate increases and decreases, usually you've got to stall a bit and and then they've got to come wind things off to to kick things off. And, you know, as you can see, the, the recession period would have followed interest rate decreases. And so lending subsequently probably became a little easier. Um, And less expensive. And less expensive, hence the reason it either would allow property prices to hold their own Mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, increase. Um, So it's just crazy to correlate this history and say, hey, just because we're in a recession doesn't necessarily mean that property prices are going to decline. It doesn't mean anything. Um, We can't tell what it will mean. Exactly Um, right. But at the beginning of of 1990, the... The official reserve bank cash rate was seventeen and a half percent. Don't remind people, Steve. So it came, it came down. Uh, you know, of course, quite, it did quite yeah. substantially through the nineties. So, so you know, don't don't forget, in a recession, you know, people still have jobs and people still earning money, and yep. and if interest rates are low, and the affordability is there, they'll borrow the money and yep. they'll buy. Yep. You know, so, so so the official cash rate was seven and a half percent. I'm gonna. What is it now? I'm going to do an elbow. I think it's around three and a half percent official cash rate. So, you know, we're a long way off of where we were, mm. where we once were. Now, yeah. reserve banks are, you know, central banks are a lot better at managing monetary policy since then. Mm. Um, but you know, we just got to remember that you know things can move in drastic ways, and just because one thing's occurring doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have a knock-on effect and you know impact something else, mm. i.e., property prices in this instance. Yeah. So then just to go a little little deeper, so you know, they're national figures. Um, so property prices rose on average across mm-hmm. Australia. Um, but in Melbourne, they didn't. Okay, so in Melbourne, um, prices fell yep. and didn't recover for six or seven years. Yep. So linked um, to high unemployment over yeah, that period of time. High unemployment, higher unemployment, basically, and... Um, um, and sort of other factors. So just just because we're talking about national figures doesn't mean that you know a regional centre or a capital city is going to perform exactly the same yep. way. Um, 
right. so, and so remember when you know you read a news article generally speaking they're going to be talking about a large area mm. or a mm. large pool of data um, mm. that may not encapsulate you mm. um, may not mean anything to you so and we, and we even look locally here in uh, from our central broadcast studio at Warner's Bay <laughs> um, you know we, we have a you know, property market right there's a Newcastle region property yep. market there's yep. a Lake Macquarie property yep. market there's a Warner's Bay property yeah, market yeah. there's an Elibana property market they all do different things um, when you when you look at them so um, this can be a little bit sort of misleading if, you, if you're looking at it and saying that you know the property prices are just the average of what's happening yeah. in the nation I think um, I think one trend that is definitely obvious post COVID is the the gap is shrinking between median house prices in capital cities and median house prices in regional areas mm. um, as yep. a functionality and portability of workforce that mm. that's my that's my view mm-hmm. um, and and do I think that that's going away no um, but you know time will only tell yeah Okay, and what's one other example, just very quickly, 2008 global financial crisis. Yep. Um, so I think Australia avoided recession during that period, but house prices fell. Yep. Right, and why? Various reasons, I'm sure, but, um, but basically... Credit. Um, credit. <laughs> you know, so it was harder to get money. Yeah. So um, Because the banks were scared. Um, yeah. They come off um, pre-GFC lending where they were lending more than the value of the property. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and remembering that, you know, the GFC was large, largely borne by, you know, mortgage-backed securities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there was, I, I guess there was an element that large investment banks and, you know, uh, investment houses became a little bit um, timid of, you know, the mortgage market. Yeah, yeah. So, so different... You know, so naturally they became timid of the mortgage market. You saw some, you know, s- some pretty restrictive lending requirements come in, um, changes to, you know, mortgage-backed securities, and then as a consequence that flowed into, you know, housing in its own right. So it doesn't mean, you know, every every sort of, um, you know, cr- crises or correction or recession will sort of stem from different areas. Like yeah. we don't we don't know where it'll stem from, Absolutely. but in this instance it stemmed from from housing. So Richard Whitten in that article, mm. he said, you know, if, if you're in charge of the Australian housing market, what would you do if you wanted prices to drop? Yep. And, and the things that you just said, you'd hike interest rates up. Yep. Okay? You'd restrict how much people can borrow. Yeah, we spoke about that. Um, you'd put a cap on investor lending. You spoke about that. And you'd get regulators to scare the hell out of the banks so they'd lend less money. Yep. You know, all the things you just spoke about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and- and I, I don't, I don't know that that's the objective um, in in our economy, or uh, at at least I think. No, I, don't, I don't think at the moment the objective is to decrease house prices. No, it's to rein back inflation. Yeah, but, but but that can have the mm. the consequence of of you know dampening dampening yeah um, yeah things. What what you know is likely to happen? I think, and mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, but you know as interest rates stabilise. I think they probably will over the course of the, of the year. Mm-hmm. Then um, people will want to dip their toes in the water again and um, and borrow. Yep, and re- and, revisit. and revisit. And there's a lot of stuff in the background with APRA still mm-hmm. having you know recently heavy handed. Oh look, I mean again, this is not 
this is not necessarily my personal opinion, but there are some reasonably heavy-handed lending restrictions applied yeah. to serviceability, mm-hmm. which is we, you know, which is playing a big part um, yeah. so in what, people's so borrowing that capacity. You go to the bank or lender and say, "I want to borrow some money for a property," mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, the interest rate's five percent," mm-hmm. uh, but when they do their back-end assessing, mm-hmm. they're actually assessing you at eight or nine percent. Yeah, right? and that and, makes it harder to get the money. Yeah, and the reality is, you might actually be able to service that, mm-hmm. um, but if the bank takes the view that you know, on on their calculator, you can't. Then you know you're you're restricted. So it, yeah. it's it's you know, I guess a bit of a double edged sword in, in some respects. Steve, you had an interesting statistic, and if I'm moving on to it too quickly, let me know. Um, but we're talking about all the doom and gloom and house prices declining, and they've come off their peaks, and you've had the largest trough. Now, where are we? So yeah, there's an article in Investor Daily, um, authored by Jessica Penny. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we've been quite diligent about acknowledging our sources, aren't we, in this episode? Um, <laughs> but basically, you know, and again, this is these are national averages. Um, the CoreLogic Daily Home Value Index, okay, recorded a decline of 8.4% from its peak last year, mm-hmm. which is apparently the largest ever peak to trough trough decline on record. No, I knew it wouldn't just be some statistics. I knew some some written language around that drop yeah, would have yeah. to be accompanied by it. Oh, it's always disastrous, isn't it? So the <laughs> headline is Aussie home values hit by largest peak to trough decline on record. Yeah, the okay. world's about to end, isn't yep, it? You know, yep. So 8.4. So that's you know the period um, between uh, May 22, yep. which is the high, mm-hmm. um, through to January 7. Um, the decline was 8.4%. When did interest rates begin to increase? May mm-hmm. 22. Yeah, that's so, uh, yeah, it comes off the back of that, doesn't it? <laughs> so it follows. Um, so, but you dig a bit deeper, and um, between September 2020, mm-hmm. which was when, when interest rates started to soften, yep. COVID, the world was about to end, remember? Yep. Um, yep. Through to May 22, the average increase. Was twenty eight point nine percent over that period. Over that period, yeah. yep. So if you you take that twenty eight nine percent, twenty eight point nine percent from September two thousand and twenty through May twenty two, and then take off the eight point four percent that's a, that has declined by since then, wow. still up twenty percent. Wow, for you that know, two and a half year period. Yeah. And and you know that is a significant growth rate above averages above um, average, yeah. in mm. in residential housing in this yeah. country. So even if there's a bit more of a softening, mm-hmm. um, people are still ahead of the game over the last few years. Yeah. Um, so let's, you've got to get things into perspective and, and understand you've got to take the good with the bad, and there's usually more good than bad. Stay the course. That's it. Now, I can't help but um, overlay some history against what they were saying about house prices back in 2020 and what mm-hmm. they appear to be saying about house prices now mm-hmm. um, and the exact opposite. The exact yeah, okay. opposite yeah. occurred. Yeah. You know, you said COVID twenty twenty, where the world was about to end, and mm. what happened to house prices? And yeah. now we're talking about interest rates and mm. you know prices falling off the cliff. Well, you know, is that actually going to happen? Um, yeah. we, well, there's, we, al- there's always a sensationalist out there, or two, or ten, that are out there saying that you know home prices, property prices are going to fall by thirty yeah, percent. Yeah, 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 all the time, but. Gee whiz, I don't know about that. And for the people that have bought in the last two years and, you know, and you're holding on and you're able to afford, um, you know what, if you open the newspaper tomorrow and it turns out that your house is worth, you know, 
ten percent less or fifteen percent less than what you paid for it. Who cares? Who cares? In twenty it, years' time, it, it's going to be worth it's, more. It's mm. just just don't let, just mm. don't buy into that. Don't worry about it. Is irrelevant. If it mm. went up fifteen percent, it's irrelevant. Mm. Um, if it went down fifteen percent, it's irrelevant to you um, at this point in time. And generally speaking, when is the best time to buy a property? When you can. Yep. Okay. So you know, there's some nuances to that, but um, yeah, don't worry about the past. Just worry about the future. Yeah. All right, that'll do us. 43 minutes. We've gone a little bit over time. but oh, um, Far out. Well done. Good to catch up again. It's been it is uh, good, good to get back into the podcast. Yes. We've missed everyone. We're still looking to grow the movement. So the share money it. Men, the Money Men movement. Share it. Share. Ask a question. Yeah. Um, you know, all those things. Leave a review and um, tell us, tell your friends and family and colleagues about us. And, Sounds good. And grow the listener base. All Beautiful. Right. Thanks very much, everyone. Talk again in a fortnight. Thanks, Steve. Bye. See you.